Hello, my friends, it's Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California, in the OC for the Living Fearless Devotional. Which is part of <laughs> resurrectministry.com, where you can find all of our content to deepen your relationship with Christ. If you uh, have already met him and you are a follower, hopefully there'll be some great resources you'd find. And if you have not, then he will meet you where you are. If you sincerely seek him with all your heart, he will reveal himself to you. That is a promise of the one and only living God. Um, and so we have Bible resources, worship bands, pastors, um, you can books, actually, uh, really interesting, wide variety of topics. You could drop us a line. Also, we love to hear from you. And if you care to partner with us, if this ministry blesses you in any way, you can click the donate now button. Very simple. Very good. Just click. Other than that, I surprised you. With? I suddenly went to you. Oh, no, I expected yeah. it. <laughs> That's my cue. Ready, go. I'm supposed to be talking into this mic, folks. So yes. I'm going to do my best. Yes. All right. We're reading from Morning by Morning uh, by Mr. Chuck Spurgeon. Am I not supposed to talk in the top of it? Yes, it depends on the mic, but uh, generally it's supposed to be the front. You'll see people online and they have them tilted so they're speaking into the top. Um it's the side of the mic that you're supposed to be talking into, not, or the front, I guess. It's, it's the, a little low. So. Oh, yeah, you might need a little elbow grease to make sure that it stays up there. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Schnugs. <laughs> and you tighten it this way. Yeah. You don't mind us doing this while we're live, do you? <laughs> you, 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 you talk, and I'll fix my mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> All right, we, uh, I am back for Virginia. I was in Virginia for a little bit. That was really nice. It was a nice little town that I went to. Really cool. <laughs> uh, but just flew in a little while ago, and now I'm ready to rock and roll on the morning by morning devotional with Chuck Spurgeon. I call him Chuck because he, he and I are friends. Um, it's March 17th, and I was just killing time while you were turning the little <laughs> screw there because it makes noise. Um, uh, March 17th. Uh, Galatians 2.10 is the reference that says, remember the poor. Eddie, yeah, you have a tough time with uh -huh, this. It's me, right? <laughs> Charles Spurgeon says, why does God allow so many of his children to be poor? He could make all of them rich if he so desired by placing bags of gold at their doors or by simply providing them with a large annual income. Wouldn't that be fun? He could continually spread abundant provisions around their house, just as he once provided for the Israelites and brought them quail and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. There is no reason for his children to be poor, except that he sees it as best for them. The cattle on a thousand hills are his, and he could provide for his children. He could even cause the richest and most powerful people on earth to give all their wealth and power to them. For the hearts of all people are in his control. However, he does not choose to do so, but allows them to be in need, suffering poverty and obscurity. Why is this? Actually, there are many reasons, but the primary one is to give us who have been blessed with so many material blessings the opportunity of showing our love for Jesus by ministering to his poor brothers and sisters. Yes, we show our love for Christ when we sing praises and praise, pray to him. But if none of his children were in need, we would lose one of our sweetest privileges and one of the best ways of publicly revealing our love for him. 
God has ordained, we should prove our love for him, not with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. If we truly love Christ, we will care for those he loves and those who are precious to him will be precious to us as well. May we then look upon it as, May we then look upon it not as a duty, but as a privilege to be used to ease the needs of the poor of the Lord's flock, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Surely just knowing this sweet truth should be a strong enough motive to lead us to help our brothers and sisters in Christ with a willing hand and a loving heart remembering that everything we do for his people is graciously accepted by Christ as having been done for him. So beautiful. I know. Talk but, about getting hit over the head <laughs> with, uh, with a subject that, he's, that he finds to be very important. Yes. And even Pastor Jack was talking about it too. I know. It's almost like Pastor Jack is listening to our devotionals. Yeah, I've accused him of that for a very long time. Yeah. It, yeah. it really I've does. Heard. Yeah. I've heard. <laughs> But can I tell you about a revelation I had? Yes. Myself? I would love to hear that. Is that I was always wondering, I would ask the Lord to set my divine appointments for the day. And oftentimes when I was led to give to someone that I saw was struggling, uh, they were Christians already. And I thought, oh, how interesting. They're already believers because I thought it would be my opportunity to share Jesus. Mm -hmm. But this devotional brought it all home. He wanted me to get the reward of serving his sons and daughters and brothers and sisters. You know, that you you, you did this for the least of me, and mm. that's what counts. So that gave me a whole new perspective on it. I love that. Kind of like the other day, but I mean, it's it's a little bit different, but that uh, after I bought the homeless guy um, a sandwich at Brugger Bagels, mm -hmm. should, I go, should I go through the whole story? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> We can tell him to watch the last two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that when he said, I'm going to change it up today, that that moment, I think, was another challenge that was put that was put there for me to, to be reminded of the other devotional where he said, you're doing it not for the man, but for God. And then this time you're saying that, it, it, that it's for God, but it's also now for us. Yeah. So it's this, it's this, it. you know, who was just telling me something? Oh my gosh, where was I? I uh, wish I could remember, but there was somebody given an example of, um, we, we look up and, and send it up to him. He then sends it down to his Holy spirit that comes through us and then back up. It's so it's this, it's the circle of, of his blessing. Oh, that's beautiful. That we, like we that. give it up to him in prayer he sends it back down through the Holy Spirit that comes through us. And then we, it's, it's, um, he gave it a, such a name. I was hoping it would, you would have heard what this is, No, but it's a circle yes. between him and, and us. I love that. And, um, that's kind of this whole thing. It's like, it's, it's the whole thing. And it's circle, not just for one of us. It's yeah. a circle through the whole body of Christ. Yes. So, you know, we ask for prayer. We, I am asking for divine appointments. He's sending them by prompting me to give to who he wants. That person is blessed by God because he's reminded that God remembers him. Mm. And then we get the blessing for having remembered his servants. Wow. That's awesome. 
No kidding. And, and mind you, in that cycle, none of it has to do with you and that person. It's up, it's down, it's back down again and back up. It has nothing to do with a cross. <laughs> right. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Because if you if you take out that piece of me, uh, uh, our ourselves with that needy person, that's when trouble starts. Mm. Because that's when you ah, oh, you don't deserve it. Oh, you're not listening to me. Oh, blah blah blah. Like it's it's all of this other uh, fleshy, carnal concerns. You insulted me. You didn't accept it. Why were you rude when I called? All these other things. But when you take out that part of it then it becomes this beautiful cycle that God intended. Wow. So I know it doesn't really, um, Charles doesn't really address it here because he says there's lots of reasons why uh, there is no reason for his children to be poor except that he sees it as best for them. That's another cool part. I've never heard, yeah. I never thought of it this way. But I, I'm just. I know it's hard that he keeps certain people purposely poor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, have you, are, are we blessed not to be one of them? Yes. <laughs> but I mean, but how is it? What what did they do? Like, that's that's my other question that comes up with this is that that he's made these choices based on on what do you think? I know we'll never know. Some yeah. people become super corrupted by wealth. Mm. Some people, you know, just fall off. Some people use the things for bad reasons. Some people that are wealthy need the blessing of giving it to the poor. It's the way he challenges them. Some people are in, are in poverty because he's challenging them for a different reason. Maybe it's, you know what I mean? Maybe he's giving them health instead of wealth. Maybe it's, you know, there's just so many reasons. Hmm. I have something else I want to talk about, but I want to say hi to Cindy first. Cindy's hi, Cindy. in Texas today. And look, her sermon yeah. again is it corresponds to the devotional. Yeah, that's Yay. awesome. And then we have Darcy. Hello, Darcy. Hi, Darcy. How are you? Um, but it's, I mean, it's not, it's not an easy thing to say like that God would purposely make people poor, but I think he just, it's yeah. better phrased as he allows certain conditions to continue. So I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I, I know that we are blessed with skills and and the scriptures scriptures that tell us that we need to work hard and we need to study. I mean, I mostly study the scriptures, but, you know, be educated. Knowledge. Knowledge. Um, wisdom. Wisdom. That those things are important to him. So when it comes to being poor or, you know, not even wealthy, just being able to take care of yourself financially, that that we understand that we also have to use the skills that he's, he's given us kind of what we were to teach in the kids the other day, that there's a lot of things that we have to do um, to have, um, you know, the, the, the reliability, the, uh, so give me some other words that we used the other day. <laughs> oh, the forbearance and self-control. Yeah. Integrity. Integrity. All these things are important to build a life. If I did not yeah, have integrity. Uh, yes, exactly. It's not all just God's fault. That right. God didn't destine them to be poor. That's what I'm trying to get. I'm right. trying to figure out how to say that. Like that. So right. it's not, I mean, being poor is not his fault necessarily. Right. It's that we're not also following. And he's got, exactly. so it, it's also the thing that he gives us is again, free will. 
That's another important thing. That so, uh, and I and I didn't want to leave this devotional thinking that here it's saying that he has he makes people poor and he makes people rich. Right. There's uh, there's uh, there's no, other things I, that we need I, to keep in I, mind. And I don't think again, it's just like um, coming to salvation. It's not an eeny meeny money mo. It's with his foreknowledge, he knew the people that would choose certain paths that would, that would not lead to wealth and others he had, you know, the, the combination of free will and destiny is always a tricky one. We don't know how mm. much of it was, you know, this is the circumstances you were born into versus these are circumstances you've created by your laziness and what have you. Or missteps, um, but it's not it's not arbitrarily decided by God in in order to be purposely mean. That's just not a God we serve. Right. Hey, Kate. Nice to see you. Oops. Hi, Kate. I keep reaching for the mouse that's not there right now. I don't know what this first <laughs> word is that Cindy's saying. Yeah. Is, um, is that what I heard through Hal Perkins? He loves us. We love him. Vertical love overflows and we love each other horizontally. And then again, a ver and then again, a ver uh, vertical really, ver a ver vertizontal relation. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's a combo <laughs> of vertical and horizontal. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. I didn't mean to imply that the horizontal relationships are not important, but the emphasis being on the power to do so, the love, the agape love that flows through us and the obedience to do it doesn't stem from the horizontal. So a vertizontal is a great way of putting it. It stems from the vertical relationship. Right. Wow. Sorry, I'm, th I'm, I'm really trying to think who was it that was telling me about this, this idea. It wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. No, because there's more to it oh. that I, <laughs> but I was hoping somebody might say, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's this, um, but um, gosh, I, I just wish I could remember. Uh, it's been such a, um, such an adventure the last couple of years is that, uh, I mean, even driving in the Uber, um, you know, it, on my way from the airport to my hotel, mm -hmm. had the opportunity to talk about oh, know, uh, cool. faith and that kind of Oh, uh, the music he was playing. He was playing worship music? Yep. Oh, yeah. And then I was uh, eating dinner and uh, sitting next to a gentleman who was a military, ex-military, who now is in uh, the business of helping uh, people who had struggled with PTSD after coming back from, <laughs> from war. What's that? So your mic is perfectly placed. Mine is like... <laughs> You know, sorry, mine's just falling, and we get in trouble from the producers at Real Life Network for bad sound and everything else. And I, I know it's usually against me, probably. So I just feel like I've been disadvantaged here. I work around my camera, my my mic. <laughs> well, no, but it's you had me change mics on purpose. No, I I would love my mic, but yours is perfect. Oh, now that's your mic. Mine, I was like, it's below my face. So sorry, it's a All little right. distracting. So coming back to my discussion with this man who was in the military, I think he was in the Marines, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyway, um, one of the things that we got to talking about is um, that he has an issue with, and I hope uh, this is going to rub oh, some yeah, people the wrong way. Yeah, no, I have to. Oh. Uh, Gold Star families. So if you don't know, Gold Star families are the uh, the families of uh, military uh, that uh, men or women that were killed in the, in in war, yeah. and so 
you know, you know, when we were leaving uh, Afghanistan uh, and the airport was bombed, there 13. were 13. And so there were 13 gold star families because 13 uh, soldiers were killed. And his, his issue with, he says many of, and I, and I asked him, are you sure? Is it, I mean, would you say it's like, like, would you say it's a couple? He goes, no, he says, he goes, many of them is that, his thought and what he knows about being in the military is many of the men and women that end up in the military are from broken families. And when a soldier loses their life, that the gold star families suddenly will become fa famous, become or recognized, elevated, become these gold star families, which gives them status. Right. And so now they use that status with from a child that they really didn't take good care of didn't take good care of thank you i'm so struggling with the words and how to explain this because it's so hard but i understand what he's saying yeah you know and then suddenly they become oh, i'm a gold star family now they're now they're going to washington dc point though bringing that up that what that the benefits that sometimes comes to gold star families um whether Should it's make them? like tumor, uh, tower uh, uh, tunnel to towers maybe you know may may give them money you know, for different things. I mean, just, I'm not sure how, so how far thought, it goes. Because I thought those, that organization gives to the wounded soldier, but they may give money or stuff to their hey. wife, their spouse. Yeah. So like a police officer was just killed the other day and it was within like a 20, 24 hours or 48 hours. They'd raised enough money to pay off their mortgage. That's to a spouse. Can't say I know, but they're also some other things, some other things that come up. Parents like, I can understand, but to not yeah. give it to a spouse. I mean, I told I, I don't see what's wrong with giving it to his spouse. Saying, okay, mm. well, they were fighting before he left. I don't think that makes any sense. So my point for bringing it up, and I know we got, got little, I think it's extremely controversial. So yeah, I, I got a little sidetracked. Is that the, these are the things that sometimes, like we were talking, this man and I were talking for maybe a good forty-five minutes, an hour on this whole subject, uh, and it's like this idea, like you you have people that are now suddenly in a position of need that we have to remember. And this was my struggle at first with what he was saying. And, and I'm going back now. All right. It, it's still what God wants from us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Then it becomes like the homeless justification. Like now you can go out and get a job. Yes. Yeah. No. Cause there's so many different things we can look at where this comes into play. We have right. people that either through circumstances beyond their control, they end up being homeless. Or through circumstances that they created, they end up being homeless. <laughs> or through their job, the, the, the breadwinner is suddenly killed. And now the family ends up in a situation. All of them still need to be helped, regardless of how they got there. Right. That's, that's the whole point of this devotional. That was the whole point for me to bring it up the Gold Star family. Gotcha. Okay. So you weren't, wasn't an explanation not to support Gold Star family. No. Just, uh, oh, okay. No, but I, mean, I was just I saying. better now. No, because I was thinking, gosh, because I had this discussion about, well, now do they, do you have to um, have them, you know, go through some type of vetting system? Like how, how, when was the last time you, you saw your son? Mom? Yeah. When was the last time you saw your son? Oh, that, that was you know, uh, did you, silly. you know, did you kick him out when he was 15? I mean, th I mean, that's where it kind of gets to like, I don't think we can. No. <laughs> I think it's still something. Do you understand what I'm, I'm saying? Yeah. That you have all these things that can come up and you go, you know what? It's not well, about 
it's, yeah. that's what I, that's the problem when you start analyzing it at the horizontal. Yeah, that's me. You know, you should yeah. start looking at the circumstances and the fact. Oh, that is that is not this devotional. That is not what God wants us to do. Mm. You start breaking down, like you know, the justifications and putting it on a point system. And yeah, oh no, no, you 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 were a bad mom. You don't get any money. <laughs> Right. Now you got what I was saying. Yeah, that's just nuts. You know? That's just nuts. She's still grieving the loss of a child. Nothing can Because that was the for I was I was kind of a little bit like, whoa, here's a military guy who who lost friends. He he held people as they died, you know, in, in war. And here he's talking like, and eh, really Sounds like you and the homeless. Yes. Yes. And so so he's sitting there telling us, you know, you know, gold star families aren't all that you think they are. And I go, what? Did you give him a speech about that's not what Jesus wants? No, because I was I was like going, I was so shocked. Like, wow. I've never heard anybody say opportunity to minister to him. I have his phone number in my phone. Oh, you should call him. I should, yeah. I actually I told him I would call have him up on a podcast. Uh, probably like the fearless man. I'm not sure if it fits in the fearless. No, no, no. Maybe the, the Andy Falco show. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even put it on the fearless man podcast. So you want to get more hate mail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause you could sit here and make, and make determinations again, based on, on fleshly does, worldly things. does not sound very Christian <laughs> at all. Our audience is stunned. They're speechless. Everybody's speechless. Nobody's commenting. I didn't say I was agreeing with him. Well, you didn't set it up that way. <laughs> I was you having needed, trouble. You, you needed to send. You needed to put the disclaimer out like front and center. Yes, I was having trouble, Schnugs. It's a hard one to talk about because I was. I felt like probably many people who listen to me talk about the homeless people. I felt that way about what he was telling me. I was like going, "Oh, I never." I, you know, you may be right, but I've. But what? But I've never thought of that. I mean, that's well, like who so. Cares whether you think about it or not. <laughs> what was the conclusion it brought you to? You should, you should have been, I don't care. No, there's a little bit. I said you got a good point. I know. <laughs> that's just not where you were supposed to take that conversation. If you asked me, was that another test? That was another. Was test that another Holy Spirit telling me? You should have been like Jesus loves all of His kids. Oh my gosh. There's so much of my old man that still has to be chipped away, still hanging on. Hang me on for dear life. (laughs) Oh Oh, my gosh. Yes. I told her the same thing. I really like that top. That's so sweet. Thank you. One of my favorite tops. We don't even have a shower here because we don't have any hot water. (laughs) We're going to be stinky tonight. Yeah. So we're taking towel baths (laughs) next week. What do you guys think? I mean, I can see that we have a lot of viewers and not one of you has said, commented. commented. I like, mean, what could you say in a couple of characters that it could say, I've never thought about that with the gold star families or, or Andy, you should have never brought it up. <laughs> True. Nobody's probably thought of that, but why should we care? Mm. Is my point. Well, it's kind of like stolen valor. No. No. The 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 anointing the uh, the honor comes mm-hmm. from the loss of a child or a spouse. That is not changed by whether you were a good or a bad parent. Mm. Yeah. 
Because that's usually when it hits home that you wished you would have mended that fence before they went off to battle. Yeah, absolutely. And or or even that a lot of parents like my dad used to always say to me, I was like, oh, that was so hard. And I made all these mistakes. I'm always like, but you turned out OK. Like at the end, parents <laughs> take credit because, you know, when you have when you have a son, he's a soul soldier and he's done four tours in Iraq and comes back. And he's like, you didn't treat me well. He's like, well, you turned out OK. You know what I mean? So yeah. parents always have a way of turning that argument around on you anyways. Right. I made you tough. I made you strong. I made you resilient. Uh, so, and, and some of that's true. Yeah. A lot of that's true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or, okay, well, our house was so bad. Look at, you know, it, it drove you to take an honorable career. That's good. You didn't, you, you know, you didn't do well in school, but you mm. still decided to live an honorable life. That's what we're rewarding. Right. You know, we're rewarding his service, his or her service. Mm. There you go. Thanks. You turned it all, you know, I, you know. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit speaking through you to me. <laughs> I needed, I needed your Holy Spirit. My Holy Spirit's <laughs> exhausted. Like, ah. My, he's exhausted. He's exhausted from Brugger's bagels. <laughs> Still recovering from Brugger's. He, he, he found, he goes, uh, he's in Virginia and he's here seeing me talk to this guy. And he's going, oh, man really <laughs> really <laughs> after the big I, three days ago i had to work my butt off and and here i am again uh, cindy says uh darcy says it's such a sad thing and yeah. cindy says agreed it's about honoring the patriotic loss it's what the person who died did in service of our country yeah yes i hear you and you can never replace the loss of a child i don't care what kind of parent you are um I don't think there's anything in the world that compares to the grief of outliving your child. Mm. It's got to be the worst too, that you have a stupid argument and then something happens and then you have that opportunity to, yes. to fix it. Cause you're always thinking, well, I'll call him next week. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll call him next month. Any of our loved ones. So, so we're going to do the scripture. Yes. Let's get away from this subject you brought up. And <laughs> told you not to. Didn't need my warning. <laughs> Okay, no, but it was good. It was good. Uh, Galatians 2.10. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I was also eager to do, Paul says. Mm -hmm. In Psalm 105.40, the people asked, and he brought quail and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. Can you imagine? Such a, such a miraculous thing. I, I was listening to a podcast, and somebody was saying that, you know, we have, there was this, uh, this video was actually Francis Chan and he says he played this video and he said it's a one minute clip of a kid coming and saying this most adorable accent. I saw the man in white and gold and he was telling me he was talking to me and he was telling me about heaven. And he was the kid was like three years old and the brother or sister who's like four in the back. Went, he saw Jesus. It was Jesus. And it was the cutest thing. The parents like, what? Where? He's like, were you asleep? He's like, no, I was not asleep. I saw him out my window. And the kid was like so convinced of this reality. And then the other kid is like, it was Jesus constantly in the background. It was the cutest, like jumping up and down. And then Francis Chan says, how sad is it that our God has performed miraculous things for 5,000 years that we have in recorded history in the Bible, but yet we cannot believe that God would appear to a child. <laughs> right. That, like, we're all like, uh, it was probably imagination. He was asleep. He saw like a flashlight outside his window. Like we're so cynical about God's miracles. Um, 
and probably why he doesn't perform necessarily as many or it's not as obvious because our hearts are kind of hard into it, which is unfortunate. I just thought of that when I thought of the quail and the bread good. from heaven. That was good. Psalm 5010, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I love that expression. And 1 John 3.18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Actions speak louder than words. And Matthew 25, I just wanted to read um, the beginning half of the parable because I think it's so, it's so beautiful. It's the sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man, actually it's not a parable, it's just Jesus talking about his return. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels will, are with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, when you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Awesome. Love that. Isn't it? It's beautiful. So you're talking about the children and on the flight home today, I was watching a movie called uh, the Cokeville miracle. Have you heard of Cokeville, Wyoming? No. What happened in 1986? No. As a matter of fact, it was May 16th, 1986. And this uh, crazy man and his wife and daughter for a short period of time, um, he thought that he could cause the death of children and then cause them to be, uh, resurrected. resurrected or reincarnated of, of some sort. Oy. So he, he, he'd gone a little mad. And uh, just to get to the, to the, to the part that, you, that we need to talk about <laughs> is, is that he put together a bomb and he had, he had tested this bomb system and he had done it like several times. And then the last several times he did it, he had success. It blew, he blew it up, blew the bomb up and it, it, it spread out and he had some metal flakes in a bucket that would go up and it would cause a uh, uh, fire in the sky. And sorry, I can't, I can't talk and do it at the same time. It keeps dropping lower and lower. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, um, and also had gasoline that okay. he used. So he used gasoline, some metal flakes and explosives. I'm not sure what kind of, maybe it was C4 or some sort, but when it went off, it would, it would ignite the gas. The powder would go up in the air and would cause just like, flaming hot air the air would get so hot that it would burn the skin off your body so he takes this contraption and gets help with some other guys that didn't even know why they were going with him and um and they go to a school in cokeville and walks into the school with this little um contraption that was on wheels and walks right into a classroom and then has everybody all the teachers bring the the students into the classroom how did he 
explained to do that? He just told the teachers, like he had the, the wife who seemed normal, but wasn't, uh, Hey, go tell the teachers to bring their kids into that. We're going to do something special in room number four. So they all go into room number four and he's got it triggered so that if he leaves, it's on a tether that it pulls a piece of wood out. Then it causes the bomb to explode. So it's a dead man trigger. And so he's sitting there and now all the kids are in the room and he's ready to do this whole thing. So the, the, there's more of a story and there's people there than, but what ends up happening is people start praying. So at some point the kids start praying. The kids just decide we're going to start praying because because they knew it was dangerous. Yeah, they go. He said anybody okay. leave. He has guns too. He's going to he oh, sends to shoot okay. people. So the guns took. took he's got off. guns too, and he's got the bomb. And so the teachers were walking the kids into the classroom with willingly, while the gun, willingly. Yeah, while the guy had the gun. Yeah, I just it, well, you have to watch the movie. Okay, so he didn't. It, it wasn't obvious until they got in there, and oh. then once they got in, he goes, "You leave, I'm going to shoot you, okay. or I'm going to set out this bomb." Because all they have to do is pull the string and it goes off. So you do anything other than what I tell you to do, you're going to die. Either get shot or we're all, we're just going to blow up everybody. So in the classroom, there's probably something like 40 kids and probably seven teachers somewhere in that neighborhood. So somewhere along the line, the kids begin to pray. And um, the gas, the, the bottle that has the gas in it begins to leak and and begins to drip. And so some of the kids start getting sick and they start throwing up because of the fumes. So one of the teachers says, Hey, do you mind if we open up the windows because the kids are going to get sick? And he goes, that's not good for you. Cause if the kids start getting sick and they, you know, then you're going to end up not being able to use them properly as the hostage situation that you're, it's going to mess up your plan. And the guy goes, Oh, you might be right. So open up the windows. So they open up the windows. And it gas evaporates. Well, and so then, um, he was getting irritated. The bad guy was getting irritated by some of the kids who were play, playing. So the, another teacher goes, how about if we set up a tape square around you and we'll tell the kids that if they were playing a game that they can't go into the, into the taped up square. So they, they make that square. So now there's no kids near the bomb any longer. Now they're a little bit removed from the bomb. And something else happened. I can't remember exactly what happened. So It's a long story, Schnucks. I know, but it all, it's all relevant. Okay. So at some point, the guy goes, you know, I don't know what's happening. I, he goes, I got to leave the room. So he puts his wife on the trigger, puts the string on her wrist and says, you know, you can't even scratch your nose. You can't do anything with this left hand. Um, so just be aware of that. And she goes, I got this. No problem. I got it. And so now she's there with the trigger. He's in another room inside of a closet. Who knows what he's doing? And some woman comes up and says, hey, listen, you're not you're not like him. It's not like, and she raises her hand like to touch her forehead, and the bomb goes off. Oh no! And it goes, and oh, and there's and there's uh, nails and bullets and all kinds oh, of stuff. No. So when the bomb goes off, all these bullets start flying through the air. And so you're thinking everybody's going to die, <laughs> right? All the kids are going to die, but but the kids are able to. They get burnt and that kind of stuff, but they end up all escaping, and all the teachers end up getting out alive. everybody gets out alive except for the lady who got blown up because she was in the square right the man comes in the room and sees what happens he goes back into the closet where he was just at and he shoots himself in the head and then all the kids and all the teachers all survive even though these bullets are flying all over the place inside this classroom wow. and so they talk about it and the real life people at the end begin to talk about it they have a little bit of a documentary at the end but they said it was all the prayer and some of the children saw angels in the room who were talking to them Aww. and were telling them what to do and where to go. 
And all the, and there were like four or five kids that had the same exact wow. understanding. And then some of the kids saw a little like white light in the room that nobody else saw other than the children that they had kind of come down from the ceiling, not real light bulbs, but they, they kind of look like light bulbs. And they, they think maybe that was some, something with the bullets, how it was protecting kids from the bullets or something like that. Uh, but it's this whole thing. It's a real story. Like children. It's, a, it's a true story. I love it. And uh, there, there's no way, but the, because the windows were open, it allowed to the, um, the concussion of the explosion was able to escape out the open windows. Um, because the gas had been dripping, it got all the metal. Remember the metal shavings that were going to go up and make the air like incinerate all the children because the, the gas was leaking into the bucket. It didn't allow that to happen so that that, that didn't get launched in the air and cause the wow. damage that it was supposed to cause. God is and good. It, it, I'm watching the movie and I'm, I keep looking. Is this a true story? And it's a true story. And they showed the children as they were now have almost... I don't know, all the kids, all the parents, that, all the children that are now parents all had something like five or eight kids. Wow. It was so crazy. They showed the pictures with their families now that they survived. But it was, um, it was an incredible story. Oh, Cindy says she's heard the story before. Such an amazing miracle. It was. I've but, never heard um, this before. You just triggered me <laughs> when you said that children, children have this, this special I connection. Like faith. Have this special connection with Jesus and people were talking uh, so about amazing. how great it was but it was so it's on uh, amazon prime is where i found it if you don't if you never heard of it it's called um, cokeville uh cokeville miracle yeah the movie's a reenactment uh and then like i said at the end um you know when the just before the credits come up it it shows pictures of the kids as they're adults and and that kind of stuff it's it is pretty cool the one boy that um is kind of the star of the thing um he his dad was struggling with faith his dad, you know, wasn't going to church anymore and wasn't praying. <clears throat> and um, the little boy and, and his dad's a police officer. <laughs> his police, he was a police officer and he was mad at God. Aww. I was going, I identify with that man. <clears throat> and he goes, and you, he's like yelling at God all the time. But the little boy didn't want to tell his dad that he saw an angel. Because wow. he was afraid that his dad wouldn't believe him. And so he tells him the story of the angel and his dad goes, what? And he starts hearing story after story after story. And it brings his dad back to Jesus Christ. I love that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty good story. I hope that you guys didn't mind me telling that little story, but it really connected with when you were saying about children, children's faith. Yeah. Kate had her treatment. Oh, and yes. The healing process as a plasma does its thing. Unfortunately, the rheumatoid is attacking it. So it's not pretty, but still glad I had it done. Okay. Uh, well, hopefully it'll continue to work though. Right. As, as far as my limited understanding of plasma, it is not just, um, an immediate thing. It'll continue to work throughout your body. Um, yeah. God willing, it'll continue to provide, um, relief and healing. Uh, Kate, we'll be praying for you. Uh, we did the scripture. Okay. Yes. Yes. I think we covered it all. I think you want another did. story. No, I think we I, I, a lot of stories today. Really? Yeah, we did. I think I can muster up another story. <laughs> I think you sufficiently entertained our audience today, love. <laughs> Darcy says, God is so good. God is so good. Yeah, watch that movie tonight. It's, uh, you know, it's a good, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really great story. So it makes up for some of the shortcomings of the, of the filming. But it's an older movie. I think it was probably early 2000s, probably, or late 19 it probably wasn't a big budget film 
No, but it was it was it's a really strong faith filled story. Oh, but it, it was really good. Kate St. God is so good. Money from New Zealand came through while she was in the treatment, just wow. like God to come through just in time. Wow. <laughs> that must yeah. have been exciting news. What does Darcy say there? What's a, don't, don't skip over what Darcy says right there. No. God is so good. No, not that one. I love your stories, Andy. <laughs> oh, you've redeemed him. Yes, Darcy. Thank you. <laughs> I knew I liked Darcy. You see that? Uh, yes. Says, thank you for your prayers. Absolutely. We love you, Kate. Yes. Yes. We want to see you completely healed. Amen. Complete healing and restoration. Yes, for sure. All right, my love. Anything else? I'll let you have the last word. <laughs> no, I am very focused. It was interesting because my editor asked me if I wanted to take a little more time off because everything's just a little chaotic still. Mm. Uh, and then she's like, but if you if you are interested in writing, will you write on uh, demon possession? And I was like, oh, that's literally the one topic you could have asked me that I would never be able to say no to. I mean, I've told our audience, I'm, yeah. I am like deeply engrossed in this concept of demon oppression versus demon possession and how to break free as a Christian. And what does that mean in terms of um, and my, and my thesis at this point? And I'm open for suggestions and comments, but my thesis is we seem to be so hyper focused on the demon aspect of it. What does it look like? How do you define it? Who could, you know, how do we fix it? How do we describe it instead of focusing on the victory that Jesus promised from it? So it seems like what our focus should be is we know that demons exist. We know that we fight evil because the armor of God specifically says that the shield of faith is to extinguish the darts of the enemy. We know that we're fighting principalities and powers in, in, in the heavenly realm so why do we have to spend so much time worrying about on us, in us, around us? Why don't we just talk about what it is to get free mm. and how Jesus provides that victory and leaving it at the feet of Jesus and the cross? And what are the steps we have to take to be free of it? And they've complicated the steps so much. And I don't want to, the important thing is, is that there's really great preachers who I know are, um, you know, who seem like they're doing their best and seem to have a real heart for the Lord and uh, faithful servants. So I don't want to claim any kind of knowledge above what they're experiencing and what they've learned and what they're practicing, but instead focusing on what does this idea of demon oppression mean for the believer? Hmm. Like if you, if you know that you are suffering, if there are what I like to describe is strongholds. What are the sources of those strongholds and how do we break those strongholds? Because the Bible mm -hmm. gives us the remedy for that. Hmm. As opposed to where is this demon located on my body? Right. Write it. Let's go. That's it. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to that. All right. Ready to start our weekend. We have a busy weekend. We do. As you should. Yes. It'll be fun, though. Some, somewhere there'll be fun in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have Brandon Lake. Again, <gasps> Brandon Lake, yes. yes. Uh, With William Hastings. That's always a good time. It's great. Awesome. So we're looking forward to that. Yes, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. It's one of my birthday presents. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Thank if you, you all in case you forgot, it's my birthday month. 
Okay, wait for me. And if you need my address, they already tell them that? Yeah. You okay. Know. All right. All right, my we friends. Love you guys. We love Have you. a great weekend. God bless. God bless. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.